Hello and welcome to the Hype Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Safa Alchami, and stick around while I discuss mindset hacks and self-development advice that will assist you in unlocking your true potential. Welcome to the Hype Coach Podcast. Oh my goodness, it has been a hot minute. I went overseas, I came back, and I'm holding myself accountable as always. And I know for a fact you guys are always enjoying the real-life strategies that I'm going to give. So the podcast that we're speaking about today is I'm going to help you understand your panic attacks. Yes, understand your panic attacks, the great big panic or anxiety attack. So let me just lay down the groundwork for what a panic attack entails. So if you've never experienced a panic attack, then I'm about to explain to you what it is. If you have experienced a panic attack, then you know what I'm talking about. The reason why they call it a panic attack is because it actually feels like your body is attacking each other. It's actually attacking itself. The panic attack makes you feel like your body is completely shutting down. It can have some breathlessness. It can have the shaking. It can feel like your body's going numb and the symptoms just go one and or it can be different to every single person. It really just depends on what you're dealing with. But for you to understand your panic attacks, we need to understand why you're having the panic attack. I know this goes against pop psychology and psychologists. For a fact, I do not believe anxiety is a thing. Anxiety is a verb. It's something that you do. Now, if you have panic attacks regularly, it means that you do these panic attacks well. They may be automatic. It may feel like it just comes on, but very much you do it to yourself. You allow your body to attack itself. It's like fight and flight, okay? So before we get into the prevention strategies, let's lay down the groundwork by understanding what a panic attack entails. So imagine being struck by an overwhelming sense of fear or discomfort accompanied by physical symptoms like racing heart, shortness of breath, and a feeling of impending doom. It's a very challenging experience and the good news is we can equip ourselves and tools to manage and importantly prevent panic attacks. These are the prevention strategies of a panic attack. However, I'm going to tell you where and how anxiety works. So you would understand that I believe anxiety is a habit or a behavior. So some of the things that are present with people who run anxiety are external locus of control. So what is that? You believe that the power or the thing is outside of your control. The second thing is catastrophizing. The next thing is an avoided coping style. So anything that does not make you feel comfortable, you avoid confrontation, you may avoid social settings, you may avoid different things to help you stay safe. The next one is ineffective compartmentalization and effective rumination. So you consistently ruminate over the problem or the fear and you don't know how to stop yourself in its trap. Low tolerance for ambiguity, which means low tolerance for uncertainty. Anything outside of your control is wrong. Anything that is unknown is also wrong. And anything that you don't know the outcome is also a no-go zone. And of course, low negative expectancy for the future. So you think that the future is the unknown. And it's negative. You've created this habit and behavior. And I will tell you, it's not as it seems. There are bad things that are going to happen for sure. 
but they're also going to be good things that happen from it as well. You are not being punished if you run through anxiety. It is also not a life sentence as much as you think it to be. It is not a life sentence. Anxiety is a behavior and a trait. If I can show you how to help yourselves outside of this, then very much you can help yourself gain control over your anxiety. So if people misinterpret, why do you speak about anxiety so much? Well, because anxiety is the foundation of most mental health processes and physical symptoms. If you have gut issues, if you have psoriasis, you have anxiety. If you have eczema, you have anxiety. If you have asthma, you have anxiety. If you are running this anxiety, then understand that your physical symptoms will then come to play. Your cortisone levels will be peaked and over a long period of time, cortisone levels are actually, it's actually not good for you, okay? So anyone that comes in through with pain, anger, depression, insomnia, and I've spoken about this before, and procrastination and overwhelm run sunset level of anxiety. It is the foundation. It is usually what I deal with in therapy first, okay? So prevention strategies for your panic or anxiety attacks, mindfulness and deep breathing. Our first strategy revolves around mindfulness and deep breathing exercises. When stress starts to build up, Taking a moment to engage in deep breathing and grounding exercises can effectively calm the nervous system, reducing its impact. My take is incorporating some level of physical activity in your routine. When you're doing a physical activity, you teach yourself how to cope effectively. Exercise is actually proven to benefit in reducing anxiety and stress and promoting overall healthier mental state. Whether it's a morning jog, a yoga session, or a high-intensity workout, you need to find an activity that you enjoy. And that's the key. What is the central, what is one thing that we all do on this earth? We all breathe. It is the central attention focal point. If you can calm your nervous system with breathing, then I don't know why you haven't done it in the first place. Think about the last time you had a panic attack. Think about your physical, your posture how you are breathing. Anyone who's running anxiety is never ever breathing slowly or deeply. You're always doing high, very short breaths. You're telling your brain, shit, we're going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to get into this car and I'm going to die. If you jump into the car and have anxiety attacks, that's what it is. When you're having a panic attack, your posture is hunched over. You're looking below the horizon. If you're looking at this recording from YouTube or my reels, you know what I'm freaking talking about. Hunched over. It's a defense mechanism. Then you're breathing shallow. You're catastrophizing. Your thoughts are catastrophizing. You think you're going to die and often you actually tell yourself that, shit, I'm going to die. Freaking shit. Shit, I'm going to die. And then... That is where the anxiety attack. And when does it calm down? Either when you're physically, mentally exhausted or it finally just goes, ah, I'm done worrying about this now. Okay. So once you pay attention to your breath, everything, even if you do a physical activity, you need to pay attention to your breath. If you do exercise, you need to hold your breath when you're holding weights. When you're running on the treadmill or running, you need to pay attention to your breath. You need to make sure that you're running in rhythm. You need to breathe in rhythm. It is the focal point, okay? 
Let's talk about the importance of getting a good night's sleep. Hey, guess what? If you run anxiety, I almost 100% think that you have some level of insomnia. And insomnia doesn't always mean that you struggle to get to sleep. Insomnia means that you either delay sleep, you have poor sleep hygiene, which means that your routine before you go to sleep is crap, okay? Or you wake up at different levels throughout the night and you can't shut your brain off. You need to be able to get some sleep. You have to, okay? Sleep directly impacts our stress levels and lack of sleep can make us more vulnerable to the panic attack because you're physically exhausted. Establishing a consistent sleep routine and creating a conductive sleep environment are crucial steps to making your mental health well-being better. If you are jumping onto your phone before you go to bed, imagining you're alerting your brain to be more aware and attentive. Poor sleep hygiene. Are you taking a bath before you go to sleep? Poor sleep hygiene. Do you have to sleep with the TV on? Poor sleep hygiene. This is all about establishing a consistent sleep routine. You should sleep and wake up at a specific amount of time so that way you can work to the best of your ability. And guess what? If you are depressed, you will sleep more because you are avoiding the world. Yeah, I know it's so important to get a good night's sleep. Central, 100%. My personal take on this is create healthy lifestyle choices. When you're balancing a great diet and you don't, listen, okay, I know it sounds great to have caffeine two or three hours before you go to sleep, but it's not going to help you in the long run. No. We want to have a balanced diet. We want to make sure that we're getting the fiber. We're not having pre-workout before bed. We're not having excessive caffeine before bed. And yes, that actually means Coke or Pepsi or any soft drink, okay? We want to prevent using this in the best way we can. So please understand that we cannot have caffeine before bed. It is vital to our sleep routine. Making sure that we stay hydrated. You should be able to drink at least two liters of water a day. If you do not like water, make sure you mix it with something that is hydrating like uh, collagen or a protein. That is very important. Otherwise, your body is going to fail you because you don't have any water. Okay? And the fifth strategy is seeking professional support. You do what you do so well that you don't even know you're doing it anymore. You do what you do so well, it's actually being classified as ruining your life and taking control of your life. And I will remind you, and I spoke about this on my stories today, there is no shame in getting professional support. Even going to a support group or thinking about ways that you can help yourself and educating yourself. There is nothing wrong with getting support. I very much know that I'm as Arab as I come and I'm Muslim and I know that there's a stigma around getting help from a mental health professional. Please understand that this is a safe space. These podcasts are recorded for free. I don't get paid for these. I want to help the people because I'm seeing a shift in perspective. I'm seeing a shift in mental health and I'm seeing it and most people don't even understand and recognize that it's there. Please understand that there's no shame in getting mental health support. They can provide, we can provide strategies that are going to be able to cope, help you cope with it. As long as you go to the right kind of therapist. I just told you that you do your habit so well that you don't even know you're doing it anymore. So a mental health professional is going to help you 
identify why you do what you do and how you can stop it in its tracks. So creating an inter, um, interrupted habit, so creating an automatic habit, an interruption in the way you do everything. It's going to tailor fit your needs to you so you don't have to face this alone. You are not alone as much as you tell yourself you're not alone. Okay, you might think that you're alone, but there's 7 billion people in the world and we're all of us are collectively connected through the world, through the earth. When we put our feet on the floor, we're collectively together as one. That's why when one bleeds, we are all bleeding. You're not alone. As much as you tell yourself, you're not, you're like, let's be honest here, you're not alone. And there are there is help out there. And if you can't afford help, go out and educate yourself about why you do what you do to help you undo what you do. Why am I different to other therapists? You understand that I believe that the strategies that I teach and we teach are congruent and effective. People are like, do you really believe that I can get myself out of this? I actually do. I really do. And I don't talk shit here. I don't sugarcoat it. You've taught yourself to do this. You've taught yourself to have this defense mechanism. And instead of going to the doctor and getting a medication that's going to prescribe yourself to numb the pain, numb the emotion, numb the physical response, I want to help you get back in the driver's seat. You can band-aid your one meter gush all you like. Eventually, it's going to seep through and it's going to really not benefit you. Okay, We've unpacked what it means. Everyone's journey is different. No two therapy sessions for me, even though if they both come to me with anxiety, no two therapy sessions are the same. Some people I have to tread very lightly and other people I can hit them with the first go and hit them with hypnosis immediately. It really just depends on your goals. Please, if you would like to help yourself, please message me. Let's get you started. Share this video, share this podcast as much as you can. And if you have any specific topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes, feel free to reach out via my social media channels. And until next time, make sure you prioritize your mental health well-being and take care. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this podcast episode helped you in any way, please share it on your socials. You can find me on IG, Safa Alchami, TikTok, The Alchami Life, and you can book to work with me personally through my website thehypecoach.com i look forward to working with you let's grow